When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's extra time on SENZ and uh, joining us to talk football, predominantly the Phoenix uh, from stuff.co.nz is Philip Rollo. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Ricardo. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. I, I know you've been on a uh, on a Zoom earlier today uh, with Ufuk Tale, the, the Phoenix head coach, of course. Big game coming up uh, tomorrow for the Knicks, our uh, last 16 of the, I keep going to call it the FFA Cup, but it's the Australia Cup now, isn't it? Uh, how did he see, mate? How's how, how's Ufi been? Because he's, he's usually, you'd hate to play poker against him. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm sure he's hating being back on Zoom as well. I think he thought that was a thing of the past, and so did we um, after the last two years of having to beam in um, by the laptop um, for the media ops and stuff. Um, yeah, well, he actually mentioned too that so they'd stayed in Australia since beating um, the Devonport Strikers a fortnight ago. And I think the, the, the first wave of games um, in this round started last week and he was hoping that the, the Phoenix were going to be playing one of those ones. So they've had to stay in Australia an extra seven days, but um, it has meant they've been able to schedule another um, pre-season game. They played the Newcastle Jets last last week. He was a bit coy on what the result was. I don't know why they want to keep that sort of thing in house. Sometimes they do. But um, yeah, he seemed, he seemed pretty upbeat though, um, you know, despite having to, to stay in Australia a little bit longer. Um, obviously, they've made another signing and, and the squad's building pretty pretty promising um all the way it's looking is really promising i think for the new season yeah they've held on to the most of the squad from last season but they've, they've adding some key pieces um bozid Arkayev, the uh the bulgarian i hope i've said that right um he, he looks to be uh, a player of some promise given you know where we've seen him play playing in the top division in denmark and it's not like you know he's uh the other side of 30 yet either is he yeah, no, he's actually looks to be a really good signing. And there's always got to be like a reason why the Phoenix are able to sign these players. Like he hadn't played in like a year because, um, you know, he was wanting to leave his club and there were some contract issues. And so they kind of forced him out and let him play. And so it's easy to look at a signing like that and say, oh, well, he hasn't played in a year. Like he can't be any good. But that's kind of the reason why a team like the Phoenix can, can sign someone like that. And, and his CV looks really good. Like he's a, a current Bulgarian international. I think his last game he'd played was against France, um, you know, the world champions last year. Um, and he had a pretty promising cameo on his debut in, in the last cup game, um, you know, scoring a goal and, you know, with his head as well, which um, he's quite tall for an attacking midfielder. And, and, you know, if he can bring a bit of an aerial threat or provide an aerial threat, then that's something probably that's, you know, Reno Piscopo didn't really kind of um, offer a lot. No, that is true. That is true. Um, we've also had another signing uh, since uh, Bozida signed up, and that is, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly either, but Jan Sass, is that right, the the, the Brazilian? Yeah, I believe that's correct. It was um, a little bit confusing because, so he was unveiled on, on Saturday, but, um, you know, the interesting thing about him is he he doesn't speak great English, or at least he's not confident speaking English. I'm sure it's probably different 
in the changing rooms talking to players and stuff and having to to talk to New Zealand media for the, the very first time but um you know he spoke through a translator um you know it's been a few years since we've had a player like that um so getting even kind of any sort of details around how that signing came about was a little bit tricky let alone getting a, a correct pronunciation of the name but I, I'm pretty sure that is correct and um yeah he looks at a very kind of intriguing signing um yeah, spent most of his career in the top flight in Brazil and had one season in, in Turkey. Um, the way Ufuk Chalai described him as, you know, being quite an exciting dribbler, um, which, you know, maybe he's probably going to be the the guy who's the direct replacement for, for Reno Piscopo. But all, all of a sudden, when you look at, you know, Costa Barbarusas, David Ball, Ben Wayne, um, Ben Old, Oscar Van Haddam, and then they're still after another striker. Like, there's a lot of attacking options there for this team. And um, yeah, I feel like they're going to have a lot of depth um, and, and probably a lot of flexibility too, in terms of how they maneuver those guys and, and position them this season. Yeah. So uh, now I know Ufuk has been talking, saying that they want to strike with some height. Uh, have you got any leads? Uh, do you know have, where he's looking? I have no leads whatsoever, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it was funny. The the Brazilian um, started following the, the Phoenix on Instagram a few weeks ago. And I think um, that's often where Phoenix fans look to see if anyone with a blue tick has um, started following the club. So maybe I'll have to go um, search through through their, their new followers. But, um, yeah, we asked um, Ufuk Tele that today um, just kind of what profile of striker he wants. And, yeah, he, he mentioned today he wants someone... Uh, a bit taller with more of an aerial kind of presence, um, which is something a little bit different, I guess, to what they've had in, in recent seasons. Um, you know, you know, I guess Gary Hooper was fairly solid lad, um, but he, you know, wasn't super tall. So, um, and, and, you know, they had Josh Saturio playing up front a lot of last season, which, you know, he's a bit shorter and it was all about the pace. So there is signals, it's like a bit of a different dynamic and, you know, they've, they've signed Costa Barbarousas and you've got Ben Wayne there and, and David Ball. I think a, a bigger kind of target man would kind of complement the, the current strikers they've got quite well, I think. Is Josh Kennedy still playing? Or is he retired now? Oh, God, he probably retired a few years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <don't... laughs> well, just thinking because, you know, a, a tall physical striker doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be an import. Well, I think um, Tele, so, yeah, I guess we kind of, can only ask so many questions um, every time. But so when, um, you know, the previous signing was announced on Saturday, he did mention, because um, that left them with one import spot left, and he mm. said that was going to go on the striker. Um, right. Which I think is going to be a pretty crucial piece to the puzzle because, um, you know, Gary Hooper just didn't really work out coming back for that second stint. You know, I, I, I was relatively optimistic about how that was going to go, but um, he just really struggled for, for in, with injuries and, just never had a consistent run of games and and they didn't really have that last season, just a guy who could score double digits. And um, yeah, if they can kind of find someone who can do that, I think they could really take the team to another level. Yeah. It kind of feels like that might, that might be going back to the UK again, you know, like down the Scott Wooten route, maybe um, see how many of Baldy's mates on Facebook at all. Um, see if we can spot that. Um, <laughs> uh, elsewhere, I mean, Ugarkovic has come in, which I think is a great signing. I was really surprised the club was able to get him, um, given he's Australian, given he scores goals, you know, and uh, at West Sydney Wanderers as well. I, I, I was surprised at that, but feels like we probably need a little bit more still in midfield and maybe something else is, uh, to cover fullback. 
Yeah, well, it all depends on where they see Tim Payne. Um, they had Jack Henry Sinclair in on trial um, and decided against signing him, and, and that was going to be as like a fullback. Because um, Louis Fenton's obviously retired from from last season, but Tim Payne can play right back. So if, if you think, okay, well, Tim Payne's going to be our starting right back, you've got Callan Elliott there, you know, that's kind of sufficient kind of option. So then all of a sudden you go, well, do you need another centre-back? But if you've got Scott Wharton, you've got Josh Laws, you've got Finn Sermon, and then if you need to play him, Tim Payne can cover centre-back, well, then they're probably kind of sorted there. Um, you know, Ugarkovic and Clayton Lewis could be one of the, the better central midfield partnerships in the league, I reckon. I think you're right. Ugarkovic is a really, really good signing. Um, Alex Rufa probably won't feature until at least the second half of the season, maybe, you know, right towards the end. So then you've kind of got you know, Nicholas Pennington and, and, you know, Josh Laws again can kind of cover central midfield. So maybe you look at, at someone there, but I almost think, like, to be honest, once they get the striker, I think they're going to be almost sorted. Um, you know, there's a couple of young academy boys that are um, come over with the team and into Australia. Um, and so maybe you just go, okay, well, Jackson Manuel, he's a, um, a central midfielder, maybe you just say, well, you know, if there are injuries, we'll just kind of rely on him and, and maybe he gets a scholarship deal or something like that. Um, yeah, the signal was they were probably going to sign another defender, but just Tim Payne's versatility, it kind of means yeah, he's almost worth the, worth the value of two players. Yeah, yeah, he is a bit. It's just he's, if we can just replicate him so we could have two of them would be good. Um, what about on the left side, left side of defence? Well, so yeah, so Lucas Moragas, I've got um, on loan from the Newcastle Jets, which is quite a funny signing the way that worked out. You know, James McGarry goes to the Newcastle Jets and then um, the Phoenix are able to kind of get, um, you know, their guy on, on loan. Um, you know, and, and Sam Sutton was was awesome for the Phoenix. You know, he's really come on as a left back after moving there from, from midfield. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to be pretty sorted there. And from all accounts, it was quite funny when Lucas Moraga signed. Like a lot of the reaction from Phoenix fans were, you know, why are we getting this guy from the Newcastle Jets on loan? Where the Newcastle Jets, um, you know, social media comments or why are we letting this guy go? Like they they all really kind of rated him. Um, and um, I think he's going to be someone who can really kind of push Sam Sutton. And, and I think it's also a really tricky position to recruit because Sam Sutton is kind of, you know, he's not Liberato Kakache, but he's kind of an automatic starter at left back and so for someone to go to the Phoenix um, knowing that they're probably going to be playing Sam Sutton more games than not you know um, that backup position or you know you're really coming as the backup so I think to get a guy on a loan who may not get as much game time because James McCary has taken his spot is probably like a, a smart way to go about it just for a season I think. And um, before we move off the Phoenix I just wanted to ask you about Ollie Sale because I think Everybody was convinced he was moving offshore at the end of last season. That doesn't seem to have happened. I know there were links with a German club, a couple of Swiss clubs, um, a, a large Scottish club as well looked at him. Um, none of those have come to fruition. So is Sale with us for the season? I know the window's still open. Yeah, Ollie's not for sale. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> nice. I, yeah, I heard, um, you know, see, I heard different countries to that again. Like I heard, you know, there was a team in France It was – looking at him um, and I honestly thought he'd gone um, because I believe his partner um, is English and so after the season had finished and after the All Whites games he'd kind of gone over to the UK to, to spend his off season with her and I always kind of just thought okay well he's gone there to wait till he's 
announced um, with with another club, and after the season he had, you know, I definitely thought he was going to go on to bigger and better things, and he made no secret of the fact that he was pretty keen to do that. Um, but then obviously he played for the All Whites against Peru, and it was at fault for um, you know that goal, and and whether that you know put some people put some clubs off wanting to to sign him, I'm not sure, but you know he's definitely come back to the Phoenix. He played in the the round of 32 game against Devonport and definitely seems like he's going to be the, the number one goalkeeper for the start of the season, which is a huge coup for Phoenix because I guess that was probably the big question heading into this coming season was if Sale left, um, you know, would you rely on Alex Paulson, um, you know, who had that great shootout against um, Melbourne City in the Cup last season to make it to the semifinals? Um or do you look at bringing someone more experienced in and, and then, you know, could they get Stefan Marinovic back? And then he ended up signing with another club in, in Israel. So they weren't left with a huge amount of options if, if Sale was then to leave. So the fact that he's back, you know, at least for now, um, you know, that gives them one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And, and you know, Central Cross Mariners have lost Mark Berrigetti, but, um, you know, signed Danny Vukovic. But I think, um, you know, Berrigetti was, was one of the, better goalkeepers last season so I think the Phoenix go into the new season with, with one of the best goalkeepers in the league and yeah it must be a huge relief to for Talley that sales hanging around yeah definitely yeah that's uh, it is fantastic too as you said and yeah Birgitte going uh great move for him Vukovic going back I think he's passed his best I mean he's been I think he's been around since the start of the A-League hasn't he so yeah and he's, he's played for so many clubs but I quite like it like he came through the Mariners and um I know like a lot of Phoenix fans want, you know, Winston Reed to to come to the Phoenix and, you know, see out his career here. And um, I think going forward, like, you know, Winston Reed's a bit different because he, he never played for the Phoenix. He, you know, moved to Denmark when he was so young. Um, but you would like to think that, you know, Liberato Cacate when he's 35, you know, would, would finish his career at the Phoenix. And I think... Um, for Danny Vukovic is like a nice way to end his career. And, um, you know, if you've lost a really good goalkeeper, again, like the, the position the Phoenix would have been in if they'd lost sale, you know, do you back a young guy or do you just bring in a more experienced guy for a season? I think, you know, Danny Vukovic is a bit of a fan favourite. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great move on their part. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, now, Melbourne City tomorrow night. Uh, where are they at at the moment? Obviously, the defending, um, you know, uh, was going to say defending champions. So they didn't end up winning it. They should have. I don't know how they didn't. Uh, but yeah. they're yeah, yeah, one of the, they're, they're probably the best club running around in the league at the moment. Where are they at with their recruitment? How strong is this team we're going to be playing uh, tomorrow night? Uh, I, to be honest, I've been a bit underwhelmed with some of Melbourne City's recruitment. Um, you know, we've seen Daniel Arzani come back to the A League, but to go. To MacArthur, um, you know, um, I guess Melbourne City have had some stuff. You know, their front three has been pretty good with Australian players, but um, you know, I thought he might have gone back there. They've kind of signed some underwhelming, kind of um, yeah, European players. I don't know. They just don't really seem to be the Manchester City of the A League, like we kind of think they they are. And you know, they've got the funds and the resources to be that that club. Um, so. Yeah, it's always an intriguing matchup. I think these Australia Cup games, as we saw Western United get tipped over um, by 
um, Sydney United, the NPL team on the weekend. They're just like in pre-season. So it's so hard to gauge like, how good this team is this versus, versus one or the other and, and what that means for the A-League season. But, um, yeah, to be honest, like they haven't signed anyone that's really kind of excited me this season to make me think that the Phoenix don't have a chance against them. You know, the Phoenix beat them last season on penalties. But, um, yeah, I think they're every chance to, to beat them again tomorrow. Yeah, all right. I look forward to that game, mate. And just before I let you go, uh, the New Zealand women under 20s at the World Cup, a good draw with Mexico, a not great result against the Germans. They kind of brought that pressure on themselves a bit in the second half. They just continue to drop deeper and deeper and deeper, all to do against Colombia, who uh, I think probably look the best team in the group. Yeah, it's it's been a fairly disappointing campaign, I think. Um I think on the back of the under 17, you know, with, with COVID, like this is the first kind of age group World Cup we've seen since the under 17's finished third. Um, and there's a few players that have carried on from that squad into this one. Coming off the back of Phoenix first season in the A-League woman, you know, there's a lot of players we know now. There's players we know that are good in there. Kate Taylor, for one. Um, I think we were probably quite optimistic about the chances of doing quite well. Um, and... They probably needed to win that game against Mexico. Um, they were definitely the second best team. They come in, the shot count was like 22-5 or something in Mexico's favour. Um, and then um, against Germany, they had like the, the a really good chance um, earlier in the game when um, Alyssa Wynnum stole possession and kind of runs through on goal. And, and all she had to do really was lay it off to the strike. I think Millie Clegg was was you know right next to her. She just started to take a shot and kind of took a heavy touch and the, the keeper came out and, and got it. And then Germany go on and score three goals. Um, and that's pretty going to be pretty hard to, to emerge from the group now, I think. Um, yeah, as you say, Colombia you know, could be the best team in the group. So to even beat them could be a big ask. But, and that'd be a pretty disappointing campaign, I think, um, you know, if they only get a draw and, and two defeats, um, considering the, the players that they had. Um, but I think it just shows that once you go from under 17 level to under 20, um, the gulf between New Zealand and some of those you know, bigger nations is, is really evident. Um, mm. And at under 17 level, yeah, I think everyone's a little bit closer together um, than yeah than they are at under 20 level so just goes to show New Zealand is quite quite far behind you know still has a bit of work to do but um, you know there are some good young players in, in that team and um, yeah Millie Clegg was someone who I didn't really know too much about I think she's one of the youngest players in the squad maybe only 16 and she's been starting up front both both games and um, you know although she hasn't got, got a goal yet um, and missed a couple of chances in that first game you know that's the kind of player that you hope that the Phoenix can kind of bring through and um you know there's some some players that they can kind of work with and, and develop to to become senior football firms in the future yeah indeed all right good stuff mate thanks for coming on uh keep up the good work at stuff.co.nz always look for your articles mate yeah doing a great job by covering the, the local game yeah cheers mate thanks for that